Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Open All Hours, the QPR podcast for fans, by fans, but also joined by two QPR fans and a fellow who's making a name for himself in the middle of the park. Anyway, my name is Paul Finney, we've got Paul Stokes of BBC Radio 6 and XQ Magazine. What else are you doing these days, Paul? Writing for all sorts of things, yeah. Oh, you're a good man. Yeah, I would have been a great... If I could spell, I'd have been a danger to the print world, I tell you. I'd have been great. I can't spell, and I, and I am a total danger to the print world. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, the only, I'm the only dyslexic in the village, all right? Don't try and... I just I can't spell. I, I claim no, 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 no special privileges for my lack of spelling. It's just my excellent. own. <laughs> it's just because you're, you're excellent. And we have Connor, and all I've got is... It's Connor Lustig, but all I've got is you, because you told us you, before we start, your nickname was Custard. So I'm trying really hard not to stay custard. You can go for it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm happy to take that. I'm happy to take that. And you've got a yellow background as well, which I have to say doesn't help with the custard thing. I'm sorry, yeah, the, the flat I'm in at the moment seems to have been decorated in the 70s and not since. So I've uh, got a kind of orange tint going on. I was wondering last how time... I'm going to go there. I think that's, I'm not sure what my credentials are, but um, yeah, just Connor yeah. Custard will do. Yeah, what, what, what it, was it you do for a living, Connor? Uh, so I work with young people with autism. I was. Um, working sort of near Goldalt Road or in Goldalt Road so I sort of saw the opportunity to get my season ticket and um, so yeah been able to get to uh, games a lot more often in, in recent years well subject to COVID obviously <clears throat> So you that's how I saw you and Dad is on the way back at Peterborough and we're all drunk Yes yeah exactly I didn't know your offer of uh, coming on the podcast was very kind but I wondered if it would be remembered Oh I remember everything apart from your name and well, we've got offered, Did he offer you in a real drunken manner did he? <laughs> well, yeah. I said to everyone, I say, come on a podcast, but I'm pissed as a fart. There's Peroni in his head. <laughs> That's class. And it, it's, the, uh, anyway, um, that voice you're hearing is none other than QPR's Jimmy Dunn, who we did have on earlier, but I thought he was so good. And he made me look such a flipping agent on the Undertones Jimmy Jimmy song that I thought I'd bring him back. And hopefully, Jimmy's thought of a song for himself. Come on, Jimmy, what, what, what song? Have you thought of one myself? Yeah, you what want the fans to sing. Be if I was making up songs for myself. Okay. Yeah. Very I'll leave that one to you guys. If I'm worthy of one, you've got one, uh-huh. haven't you? I I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you heard. I mean, I, I was sat in the Crown of Zepta about a month ago after a game, and people sat around a table, and I, I'm going to have to sing, aren't I? To because I thought I said, but. They, it goes Jimmy Dun 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 Jimmy Dun 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 Dun. That is a legitimate chart. I like that one. I like that one. That, Do you think that's better than the other tones? Yeah, if you don't mind yeah. me saying so. <laughs> no, it's a bit harsh. A bit harsh. Now, when you came on the last time, Jimmy, you were just breaking into the the, the, the first team, and you you were saying you're going to grab your opportunity with both hands. And um, yeah, how you finding it? It's um, game after game after game, isn't it? Relentless division. Uh, it's tough, um, but I'm really enjoying it. And obviously, we've picked up a little bit of form. Um, the clean sheets are starting to come into play, um, which I think are going to be vital. Um, so yeah, so far so good. We're sitting there looking pretty in fourth. We really need to kick on, though. We need to take um, everything we've learned in the last two games um, and take it into Derby. 
and continue our form because there's there's no rest is there um and things change fast and it's very tight so we need to keep going what i was going to say to you as well before by the other lads in that i've noticed as well with yourself and and the, the rest of the team have played everyone now bar chef you know didn't derby and that and you think to yourself there's no one really to be scared of, is there? I mean, we've played all the, you know, it's, I'm looking at it thinking, there's no reason why we can't continue where we are. I mean, yeah, the, obviously there's no regrets, but you look back at Fulham and Bournemouth who are flying and you think, actually, I know better than us, uh, you know? Um, and I feel like if they were to play us on Monday, it'd be a different story. Um but we get them again, we'll play them again, um, we'll be better for it. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's for them game, yeah. I, I, I had to get drunk after that game. Yeah. It wasn't good. But anyway, and the sound of them flipping clappers is still in my head. Do you hear them when you're on the pitch? Which? The flipping Fulham fans with the stupid clappers, then paper clappers they bang. It's just annoying. No. Yeah. Oh, everything just sounds like a bit of a buzz, a bit of a blurry buzz. When you're in a pitch? Yeah. But it must... It's Rangers, really, Rangers is really close to the pitch, so you must hear everything. You hear a lot of, uh, like... Because we get very panicky, don't we, in the ground? So, like... Oh, man, on, man, on! <laughs> you get <laughs> <laughs> so like I remember Johan had the ball the other day and there was someone coming up behind him and it was like five or ten yards behind him I didn't even shout man on but the whole crowd just the energy and then and Johan didn't even check his shoulder but his demeanour changed so he obviously took in the crowd and he kind of knew someone was behind him so I thought oh that's when it comes in handy huh? uh, the whole stadium told him man on we have to do it because I don't know if you noticed this division you can't really rely on the lines people because they're not very good they're awful, yeah. Shocking. Shocking. Paul, would you like to ask a question? I'm interested, I'm just picking up on that idea about noise in the crowd. Is I often see, you know, footage of the manager shouting, whoever the manager is, not necessarily Mark Walbert, but any manager. And you just think in the ground that many people and everyone else is shouting. Do you actually hear when the manager's going, right, you know, you tuck in and you, you, you mark it? Or is it just like, just to, for managers generally, just to kind of feel like they're having a say, but half times where the business is really done? Yeah, like you can't really deliver messages when the game's going on, like actual proper messages. But you can say, like, I can tell by what the gaffer's doing what he wants to say to me, you know. And it's more body language than. Um, but if there's if there's important information that needs to be passed on, it'll be it'll be passed on somehow, like a sub coming on or blah blah. Or if we need to change formation or something like that, it's fairly obvious. But most of the time, I'll be honest, I can't hear. Because um, people say a lot about centre backs, communicate. You've got to be loud. You've got to be blah blah. No one can hear me. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm screaming and demanding information uh, quite a lot, um, but no one can hear me. So I, I do it now just to help myself concentrate. Because um, if I'm trying to focus other people, I'm focusing myself. Um, but often from the from the side, it's yeah, it's nearly impossible to really gather what they're saying. It's too loud. No, it's amazing sometimes these pictures of San Siro and over the manager is shouting and all these things. They can't hear what he's saying, the really, can they? No way, no way, no way. But talking of concentration, obviously, because there was a game with Packham and Crit on Friday night and a header by yourself. Was that, I know Charlie Austin is going to be there kind of concentration or was that like, I'll just put it into the six-yard box and see what happens? No, I just headed it back to him. 
Excellent. I had a back to him. I just I just saw him and I headed it back to him. Um, I knew I knew he was inside. I wanted to just try and head it at the goal myself, but then um, I, I completely turned my body because I knew that angle was ridiculous, and I just headed. I just tried to head it straight at him. But then he had to generate his own kind of power, didn't he? Like um, he really had to try and get behind the ball, and, and he he done really well. Um, and he was delighted with himself when he. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's rare you see two great headers like next to each other like that. Normally it's head tennis and it was just like precision, precision goal, you know. It was a great ball. Uh, it was Chrissy and another great ball by Chrissy for Luke School the other night as well. They're, they're very good deliveries. Um, you know, that's the most that's the most important thing, isn't it? I'm getting a bit worried about the amount of times that Chris Bullock is actually doing really well on TV. It's, it's starting to panic me. For any... Goats, listen to this. All our players are shade. They're awful. You wouldn't want them anywhere near your team. And we need them till the till May. So don't come yeah. knocking on our door till May. Because yeah, Willock has just been brilliant. We definitely don't want to go in January, do we? Now, I'll tell you what, though, Jimmy. I've noticed the last few games as well that the confidence is back within. We had that wee deputy say with, with Bournemouth and Fulham. Although Bournemouth were a bit more unlucky than we were at Fulham. Fulham just. We always get stuffed by Fulham. It's just getting sickening anyway. But. um. I, I think you know fourth. It's not bad. We could we could build it up, but I don't want to get carried away. Are you finding it hard to get? I suppose you've got to say the football thing is game by game. But I'm getting a wee bit excited, and I'm sure Connor and Paul are because this has been one of the best seasons we've had for a long time. Well, when I spoke to you last time, I was excited, and we were. I wasn't. I was. I was. Ex- I was excited. I've been excited the whole time. I think. I think we're going to do great. Um, Oof. So I'm excited. I'm excited the whole time. I'm not like when you say getting carried away. I don't think there's anything wrong with being excited and and expecting uh, a top six finish or a, or a third or fourth place finish. Um, you know, I don't I don't see why we can't expect that because we're good enough. We we play good enough. We're in there now. So I'm fully expecting that from us. Um, it just it doesn't make it easy. We have to go and earn it. Um, but we can. I think we can. What do you reckon, Cotto? I wouldn't fancy us in the playoffs, would you? Well, well I mean, after uh, having... I mean, playing us, I mean, I fancy us in the playoffs. I wouldn't fancy playing us, sorry. Carry on. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy playing us, definitely. I think we're quite an unpredictable team um, in, in the best possible way, I think. Um, Attacking-wise, I think you can see how uh, how clever a footballer uh, Ilias in particular has been. Um, he's been progressing, you know, since uh, since having been at the Games prior to lockdown um, and then seeing him again uh, Chrissy Willock looks fantastic and I think I mean the defence I think the other night against um, against Luton I was, I was talking to a couple of QPR fans and they you know they had different things to say who was their favourite um, who who had the best performances in the defence but uh, Johan was, was fantastic um, and I think that, that that means you know he's played so many games was it, was it something like 70 in a row or something something yeah, um, I think it's yeah, it's yeah, seventy games in a row. They put up the minutes. It's quite frightening the amount of minutes he's put in in the last couple of seasons. Yes, yeah, an insane amount of games. And I think, uh, I think, I mean, the, the the pessimist in me or the kind of the worrier, I think, would say, seeing as we had such good luck in the playoffs last time, out, I don't know, uh, I don't know how much I'd fancy it because the day, the day at Wembley and and you know the build up to that against Wigan, it's, it's fantastic. But I would hate to have been a, a Derby fan on that day. You know, I mean. Love looking at the Derby fans. Love looking back at the memories, and uh, you know the, the Bobby Zamora goal. You can't can't beat it. But 
well, I mean, if we get to the playoff, Jimmy, just make sure that you do something like a create your own sort of Bobby Bobby Zamora moment. If you can just well, get your own ball, knock it back to Austin. I don't know. I can see. I, I, I can. I can see Jimmy flying down the wing, putting in like a a cross, like just letting his winger self come out. Jimmy, what do you reckon? We bit of pace down the, the flank, ball into Austin, bang, one nil, last minute. I'm open for all of that stuff. Yeah, all of that stuff. Uh, I might just run the whole pitch myself. Do you get? Are you not tempted to do like what your man does, Dicky, and just try and like beat ten players and smash him for thirty-five yards? Without I, killing anyone in the upper loft. I think that'll all come for me. I think that'll all come for me, all that stuff. Wembley be a good day for that, wouldn't it? Huh? Wembley be a good day. Yeah. Good day. I think I, I think Rob's um Rob's been here longer than me and he's really grown in confidence with the ball. He's really good with the ball. He kind of bursts out on the front foot. And I think I'll I'm slowly developing more of that. I'm just I'm just concentrating on my defending uh, a lot. It passes all right. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think that's one thing. I don't know if Wolverton's installed, but I don't know if you, you guys think. I think the passing from the defence at times is absolutely it's, it's top notch. There's nothing wrong with it. We, we seem to be working a hell of a lot more than we were the last couple of seasons. Definitely. I wonder. I wonder with um, with Rob Dickey, Johan Barbe, and yourself, Jimmy. I wonder. I mean, when you when you're a younger player and and you're coming through the youth systems, I imagine everyone wants a bit of the ball and. Uh, there might be times where sort of everyone's just chasing the ball and, and everyone wants to get on it, everyone wants to score those goals. But I wondered if you, if, if I mean, I haven't looked this up, I do apologise, but Rob Dickey, I wonder if perhaps would have been playing um, sort of further up the field and if that's where his ball-carrying ability comes from. Um, did you did you know that you wanted to be central defender like early on or did you? is this something that you sort of found out as the years have gone, gone by? I think, I think it's something I've definitely found out. I think when I was, when I was younger, when I was... Uh, when I was really young, I just wanted to run the pitch the whole time, um, and I was I always played centre mid. <clears throat> and when I first went to Man United, I was still playing a lot of the time centre mid and developing, playing, 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 playing. But I went to Burnley, that changed, and then um, and they really tried to in- implement the idea of just being a defender into me. So I don't I don't like to say that I lost the other side of the game, but it definitely kind of, they definitely didn't help me develop it, uh, saying that they made me a much, much better defender. And then I, I obviously had to, uh, my loans then, I went really, uh, I went to the conference and I had to try to come up the leagues and it's it's really tough to be a ball player in them leagues. And it was really like, um, I, I do feel like my career up to this point has been very, very hard earned in the conference in League Two and League One and the SBL. And, um, I found my better games is when I, I focus on my defending. Um, I also feel like the, the over the last few years the the kind of good defenders have gone out of fashion, um, and I feel like now uh, they're coming they're kind of coming back into fashion, and there's a a more of appreciation of uh, of really good defenders. If you look at Harry Maguire at the minute, a centre back who's getting a lot of stick. Um, Often I just uh, often I think if he really just focused on his defending, no one would uh, no one would get onto him too much. Um, and Ruben Diaz, everyone says what a what a great uh, ball player he is with the ball, but he's incredible defender first. Um, so I think I think playing with the ball, I think that's that's going to develop its at, itself naturally from being in a footballing team, from from playing with players that want to play. 
Um, but I think if I'm in the middle of that of that three, I've kind of really got to have a defensive hat on and, and focus on that first. Um, I think that's what's best for the team. It's funny, there was that thing culturally in football, wasn't there, for a while, like, particularly with wing-backs, like, oh, they're great going forward, but they can't defend. And you're, well, hang on, surely defending is a really important part of winning matches. Yeah, and it, it was weird, it's weird with centre-backs. Like, Benucci and Chiellini were the best centre-backs of all time, and then there was a few years there where they, where they weren't appreciated because there was there was a calling for ball-playing centre-backs. And then when they won the Euros, everyone re-appreciated that style of defending. And I, I, I feel like in the next couple of years, it, it's really going to go that way again. If you look how um, uh, Chelsea play at the minute, it's based around uh, really good defending first and then an unbelievable high press and athletic centre-backs and and um, and things like that. So I think that's going to come back into play and I think people are going to really want it and need it, um, at, even at, even at the, the very top levels. Um, so I'm, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep developing being a, a leader and a defender, um, and then also uh, I'm sure I'll be able to do everything and more on the ball than, than anyone can as well. With that in It'd mind, then, how happy were you with the two clean sheets in the last two matches? I mean, as a unit, as much as anything. Yeah, I think that shows where my mentality is at. Like, I, I just want clean sheets. I, I just want clean sheets, and I, I know the more clean sheets we get, the we we score. Like, we'll always score. Um, so what's the point in me thinking of too much about driving for the ball or trying to get goals or blah, blah, blah. I know the team's going to do that. Um, and if I can chip in, I will. I'll try to. Like when, when the ball's in the box, I, I attack it with everything and I, I want to score. Um, but for this team, I think uh, my role is very defensive and organising us um, for when we give the ball away uh, to get it back quickly or just defend in the box where it lies, you know. It, it's weird, it's true though, you know, just you saying that's made me think about it. There, there was a real appreciation of defenders, even in this transfer market for expert money and everything else. I just wonder if what you said about Harry Maguire and stuff is, you know, when you put on the English show, you seem to, people seem to, the press seems to love to take you down. You know, Northern Ireland and the Republic don't have that pressure because no one expects us to do anything. Um, no. And it's just, you know, and, and that's the sad thing about it in some ways. But also, mistakes by defenders. I mean, I would say world-class strikers miss from one yard out. You know what I mean? Like, just, nothing's ever said. But a defender, it's sky, play it, replay it, play it again. You know, have the defender with his, his hands on his head and everything else. It's almost like it's it's not appreciated how hard defending is. is, is that, am I off beating the track there? Or is it, do, do you find that sometimes as well, Jimmy? No, yeah, you're right. Your defending's a skill. Defending is a mm. skill. All the little, uh, all the little things that go into defending are important. And we've, we've actually worked a lot on it in training uh, lately. Um, the back five. I've worked a lot on our shape and better ways to defend and how we can be better at defending. Um, and I, I do think it's important to work on that as much as it is all the stuff with the football. Um, but yeah, there was it, it kind of dips in and out of fashion in football. The the real proper defenders were really in fashion, and then during the kind of Pep Guardiola, the start of Pep Guardiola's era, they they um there was this hype for a real ball playing centre back, and you, you saw a lot of them that were really good but couldn't defend. And now I think we're realising that it's it's really important that they can play with the ball, but first and foremost, we need defenders, we need people who, who can defend. Do you feel so? Sorry, sorry, go on. No, kind of go on, crack on, big man. 
Um, I was going to say, do you feel as though you are able to play um, as more of a ball-playing centre-back when you're in a back three or a back five? Or do you feel that your job personally changes based on that those tactics before the game? Or do you feel that the player you are is the player you are and you know you can bring the ball out, you can sit back, you can you know command your area? Do you feel like you feel more confident playing a back three or a back five? Or is there no real preference? I feel like your role changes depending on whether you're in the middle or the side of the back three. So I feel like um, if you're on the right or the left side, there, I think there's a little bit more opportunity to express and play. And Rob and Johan are really, really good at it. So Rob and Johan are two centre-backs I've seen that can defend and they can play. And obviously one's really good right-footed, one's really good left-footed. I think if you're in the middle you're constantly thinking about what if they lose it, what if they lose it. So you constantly have this defensive hat on. You're constantly trying to cover around both both of them because you have to kind of operate both, both sides of the pitch. If it goes over Johan's head, I have to get there. If it goes over Rob's head, I have to get there. Um, and also with the ball in the middle of the pitch like that, the quicker I can get it to Rob and Johan, the quicker we can attack down one side. Um, so I, I think you kind of have more passing options if you're playing in, in, the, in the right or the left side. And I think, and I will play there. I, I'm sure I will have to play uh, um, in the left or the right uh, this season. I think that's when I'll probably express myself a little bit more with the football. Um, as I say, not that it bothers me. I, I, I'm happy to just attack the ball in the air, defend the box as best I can and, and give it to the lads. I mean, what do you reckon with the two youngsters we've got at wing back, Wallace and... Albert, do you think there's um there's, there's hope for them in the game yet, or do you think um yeah, because where are they getting their friggin' energy from? Jesus, what? Uh, what about Waldo? What or uh, Lee? I don't know if you recall him, Waldo. Uh, um, he his first game back, he was defending the six yard box with me, and then he was putting crosses in the six yard box six seconds later. I know. He's an animal, and I think they said oh, uh, Albert hit the highest intensity out of everyone in the Luton game. Um, so animals, the two of them. Animals. Well, they put in the cornflakes. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what though? It's easier to run forward than it is running backwards, and I wonder if that wing back position lets you run forward a lot more because you've got, you know, you've got a centre back behind you. Do you know? Uh, I wonder. Still down to the centre back. I wonder if that's the psychology behind it. Like, it's really exciting running forward, isn't it? Albert will run forward all day, Alan. But he's been doing both, to be fair. They've both been getting up and down. Yeah, they're animals. Animals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you another thing, Adam, that is, no, you know this ball as well, that with Senny, his, his confidence is back. And I don't think he should go to the African nations because he, 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 he won't climatise in time. It, it's, it's heading into winter. He's better to stay at Rangers and not bother. So if you have a wee word, Jimmy, and you say, look, Play for somebody else closer to home. I don't know, like Gibraltar or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to be good. You don't want to be going to these big competitions and winning things. It, it ruins it for him. But he'll only miss. Was it four games? But it depends if Sky decide to show our games at three o'clock in the in the afternoon, in the morning on a, on a Wednesday or on a yeah. Sunday at half past eleven at night. God yeah. knows. Uh, I mean, that must disrupt your your um. I know you can, there's nothing we can do about it, but our games are crazy at the moment. Like you know, the amount of games we're on Sky is shocking. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good though. I think it's good though, and I think we're getting a lot of recognition. Mm. I think we're getting a lot of recognition. A lot of people are talking about us. Um, well, yeah, but let's have it with your flipping week because I've I've got to do overnights in Sheffield and, and and Derby and stuff, and that's terrible for me. 
Yeah, for the fans, it's really for the fans, it's not good. You need you want much more three o'clock kickoffs, don't you? Well, exactly. You end up having to go to the pub, Jimmy. To be honest with you, you know what I mean. Like, you end up sitting in the pub for more. And it's not right. It's it's oh, just terrible. wrong. Terrible, terrible, terrible. It, it, Paul, what do you think? I mean, it, it's terrible for our liver, isn't it? Well, I'm interested in particularly in like the week because this week it looks like it might do us a favour with the derby game that you know Stefan mm. Johansson might be back in time for Monday. Whereas if we played Saturday at three, we might not have made it based on that horrible tackle at the end of, against Huddersfield. But I wonder, in the week when you had like the, the League Cup game and a Friday night kickoff, were you guys going, oh, well, that's it, you know, that's just how it is we play? Or were you going, hang on, this is going to be really hard to play, you know, Everton and then West Brom and whoever it was? Yeah, you do look at fixtures a couple of games ahead and you think, I, uh, well, I have, because I haven't had relentless fixtures like this yet, and I've gone, fucking hell, like, what? Three games and like seven days or something. This is crazy. And then we go again, and then oh, we've got five days off there. That's good. I think um, I'm really appreciating any recovery time we get or any day off we get now. We need it. Um, I just wish every game was at home because <laughs> we're so good at home. <laughs> we're so good. Um, but uh, yeah, it, no, it's relentless. It'll calm down after December, doesn't it? It's, it's kind of gone. It's kind of back to week to week, is it? And then you get a cut run. Exactly. Just meant to say that. Yeah. We forgot about it. We need a cut run though. I mean we we're we're straight in the FA Cup. Honest to God. We're just really? we need a decent run. Can you get the first round, can we get Premier League teams? No, it's uh, uh, yeah. third round, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. Non European. I don't know how it works because I've lost interest in the Premier, to be honest with you, because I'm just old and yeah. decrepit. And my memory's shade, so I forget who's playing who. But yeah, we can, yeah. So yeah. hopefully a third round we'll get one of the... the I mean, we would have got Arsenal away if we'd have beat Sunderland, which would have been nice. Simon Barnett. So I could have stayed in the spoons for a bit longer if I drank in the spoons, which I don't, because they're terrible people for the staff. Um, and then gone to, to, to Arsenal and come back. So that was his gym. And that would have been good money for the club and would have tested us. So that was his gym. So hopefully get an FA Cup run. No pressure. Beat Chelsea. Get to the semi-final. Yeah, I don't think I'd fear anyone, though. We could beat. Really? Uh, yeah, we could. We could probably. We could beat anyone. We couldn't be in the FA Cup. Yeah. I mean, you don't. Why not? You don't want to get Man City away, do you? Because <laughs> I know that I've said that we're going to get Man City away. Yeah. City away is the only one you kind of go. I'm a confident guy, but you kind of go, oh, Jesus. Like. They've got, got a few good players. They're not bad. Mm, uh, apparently, they're quite good. You know, Liverpool could be a bit of a problem away as well. Yeah, uh, Liverpool, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. I mean, what's it like? I mean, there was a programme the other week, Jimmy, and I don't know if you've seen it. You know about these kids that come over from Ireland and, and they join these big clubs and they get released and their lives are kind of shattered and stuff like that. I mean, is it really that harsh or is there a place, things in place for these kids if they don't make it that these clubs like Man United have? Uh, I think it's not... I think it's even more harsh than people realise. I think really? most of my friends are footballers who have uh, come over from Ireland to England with all these hopes and dreams and promises from, from big clubs. And now they have no education, no football club, looking for a job, part-time playing or and part-time. Like one of my best mates, or two of my best friends are part-time teachers, part-time footballers in the Conference North. One of them played for England all the way up to under 18s 
Another one of my mates was sending me videos today. He was at, uh, he's from Portrush, Connor Mitchell. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Connor Mitchell. I think he played for Glenavon, I'm sure. Yeah, and Lauren, he was on the bench for Burnley in the Championship most weeks and got promoted to the Premier League Burnley. And, you know, today he was uh, working hard on Black Friday, do you know what I mean? Because it's, it's tough and that's the harsh reality, I think, that 99% of uh, footballers have to go to. Not that it should be made any easier, it's it's a tough industry, but it's I don't think people realise, you know, um, what these guys go through. Like, I always thought it's hard because I've known even from youth systems at QPRs and other teams, but the bigger clubs, not that they, they really treat the families really well they, they they roll out the red carpet and then when it's not working it's like there's a door don't let it hit you in the arse no way out like you know and it always worries me about the kids mental health having to go through that because it can't be easy because as you say your hopes and dreams your education everything is built upon you getting on a Saturday afternoon for one of these big sides and I just wonder if clubs can do a wee bit more you know yeah to be fair I don't know if we can like that's the industry like if you're not good enough already there and then, I suppose it, uh, that's the harsh reality of it. Um, is there is there better commitments they can make to the the players' families or stuff? I I would probably I would start with the parents. I don't like it. I think about it. if I had a, if I had a 15 year old son now and he wanted to sign uh, a scholarship at Man United or Chelsea, I I probably would think hard about it. I'd probably say, do you really need that now? It's not Chelsea's first team, you know. You're not. It's the joy of football that you have now isn't going to be there, you know. It's going to be really tough. You know, people tell you you're not good enough. Well, why don't you just enjoy your football for another few years? And if you keep doing great, then we'll then we'll talk again about it. Um. Also, it would be impossible. Like my parents tried to have that conversation with me when I was 15, wanted to go to Man United, and there was no conversation to be had. Like, yeah. So, um, so it's tough to get the balance, I suppose. Talking about football, do you still did you still have that and possess that? Because it was interesting talking about defending just earlier, and you're, you're obviously really interested in the game still. Do you actually still like the game, or has the years that they kind of be beaten out of you? Question: Not all footballers like football, for sure. Um, I love football. <laughs> I think it's class, um, and I love defending. I genuinely love defending, um, and I love the games. I'm very competitive. Love winning. Like want to get promoted. I think I, I often feel like I have a lot to prove, so I've got a lot of that, um, a lot of that in me. Um, I've got a lot to prove, but certainly I would I would still play football for the fun of it. For if uh, if it wasn't a profession, um, but footballers for sure look at it as a job. They they definitely do look at it as a job, and sometimes you can't really blame them. You know, it's like a goldfish ball, isn't it? You're kind of stuck in this pool swimming around all the time. Talking football, doing football. I mean, it, yeah, I can see why. But then there's some people who really don't want to talk about football when they're saying they're, they're happiest when they're talking about something else and being something else. And and sometimes they lose the, the hunger. But as Paul says, it's probably been known to them sometimes as well because especially if you're like a skillful player. I mean, I, I see it with Elias a lot where he tries stuff and it goes wrong and someone's straight on his back. It's like the kid's still learning his trade. Give him a chance. You know what I mean? It's like I'd rather have players trying different things and just being rigid and standing there and just scared to do anything and not being the players they can I think Ilias could be a great footballer and he is a good footballer but he still needs to learn it's, I think it's hard for youngsters to get time these days because you're supposed to be the instant thing straight away you've got to do this you've got to do that and you've got to be the man it takes years to learn the game 
Yeah, it does. I would just I would just tell my kid to have fun personally. I wouldn't put yeah. any I wouldn't put any pressure. Sign for QPR. Sign for QPR <laughs> now. That's what I tell him. There's always pressure then. coming from people who score on their Premier League debuts, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I often think, I mean, I'm getting to the point now where uh, I mean, I'm 24 and I think I'm a couple of months older. Yeah, yeah I'm, 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 you know, I'm still, I'm still there and, you know, I'm at this age now where I'm, I'm you know, I'm on the, in the stands cheering and, and going mad and celebrating all these people that I think actually, I think they're all practically all younger than me, you know, and it's, it's just like, well, I think my dream might be over now. I don't think I'm going to make it onto the uh, onto the stage. But it's you know you think these players that are 21 years old and they've got the the weight of the world on their shoulders. And my, my little brother's 21. He's a twat. And you know you think in in reality, you know these these are people that are this age. And and you know you could never you could never imagine him being in that position. Um, and you've got to think that, that you know these people get the coverage and they'll get these you know huge huge money transfers sort of linked to them. And it must be a lot to take. And yeah, mental health. I wonder what kind of things are sort of in place at each clubs or, or you know the clubs that you've been at um what kind of thing there there is available you know to these people that have you know they, they yeah. do brief football from such a young age probably not much but I, I wish all uh supporters were as uh, knowledgeable about you know the player and how they might feel as as you as you are because you know fans they don't know they don't care and they just and rightly so they just they're there to support their team they want their team to win they want their team to do well they, they don't care about the or know about the pressures uh, that that lad's going through, or uh, you know that he's only twenty twenty one. Um, but even the older players, their their personal lives, their family lives. You know, um, I listened to the, the, uh, a podcast that the Liverpool physio um, was on recently, and he said that um, he can guarantee, um, he can reassure supporters that not one of the Liverpool players in the last 18 months he's worked at the club has played a game 100% fit whether it be physically or mentally not one uh, they've all had something that's pulling them back just a little bit and he says he, he finds it amazing how they can still manage to um, get through games and perform and he said and then, and then that, that one time where, where someone can't whether it be because an injury no one knows about or something going on at home that no one knows about or confidence or blah blah they're getting tortured they're getting they're getting hammered and then and then it gets on top of you again like so there's definitely managing that i found that at sunderland well, i i went and i wasn't playing well at sunderland and they've got a massive fan base and mm. i was getting hammered by the fans and it all got on top of me and i just kind of i got worse and worse and worse and i had to you know speak to people and get and get over it so i could perform again and i feel like I, when i do have bad patches again i can i can get through them yeah, it's pretty interesting that because I, you don't think about players' personalities. I mean, we've all got them. Listen, we've all, you know, no one's life's perfect. And it is true where someone's having a particularly bad day and I might have to now write Steve Morrow a letter and apologise. Yeah, do. For some of the things, just, I think, I think it's true. But on the flip side of that, to be fair, Jimmy and Paul and Connor, isn't it good, though, to see these players like, you know, yourself, Jimmy, of course, um, and Dickie and all this, People actually want our players. Like you look at Willock and you're thinking, please stop doing what you're doing because you're seriously on people's radar now. And you wind your neck in, stop scoring them unbelievable goals like Blackpool. Stop it now because we want to keep you. Rather than a few years ago, even we didn't want half the players that were playing for us. So, you know, <laughs> it just shows you how far the clubs the clubs come. And it, I don't know, I, I'm actually enjoying this season. I know that Fulham was, as you say, in Bournemouth, blah, blah, and the losses, but 
I've, I've enjoyed this season, Jimmy. I think you guys are giving it on the pitch. I'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast. I say it every week anyway. What do you think, Paul? You're nearly as old as me. You've seen some absolute garbage down the years at Rangers. This side isn't bad, is it? Fantastic. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, for me, it's the spirit as well. I mean, when when Luke Amos scored on against Huddersfield, that to me was a great moment. I think to showing where the score. I mean, from the outside looking in, obviously, and Jimmy will tell me I'm wrong, but it, it, just looking in, it just it just seemed to be that willingness to want to go and not just celebrate. We, we you know, we got a, got a goal against a good team, but I mean, just for Luke, it seemed to be like everyone was going like, "Oh, I'm so glad for you, mate." I mean, is it, that that is right, isn't it? That's so right. We're, we're, I think we're a real genuine bunch. I think it's very obvious from the outside that we're not a bunch of bluffers. We're, mm. we're genuinely in this. We're genuinely working the hardest every day. Like you can't kind of question our work ethic or our passion or any, any of that stuff. Whereas I can understand frustration from fans with some clubs where you can you can kind of quite like when, when I was at Hearts, probably the this quality wasn't there. Um, but the effort was there from the lads, and the fans just appreciated that. Um, so I think I think at QPR you can definitely appreciate that our um, that we're trying our best, and we were genuinely chuffed for Luke Amos. He uh, and you could you could tell, couldn't you? Like he, yeah. he worked so hard every day, all his little details, all the all the things he does to try and get better, try and recover, try and get back on the pitch again. And now he's back on the pitch, and now he's scored, and he had just an unbelievable moment. Um, He's one. He's one of those guys you want to see do well because he's such a great lad. Um, we've got a lot of lads like that. I tell you what, you you lot are giving the manager some serious selection headaches. I'm telling you. I mean, honestly, it, it, it's, yeah. it's 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 mad. And there must be every position is almost guaranteed that someone else will come in, and you're gonna to have to win it back. Yeah, I think you need that though. I think you. I think you need that. I think the strongest sides have that. You know. Um, we we definitely have that everywhere. We've got Char- Charlie's been on fire. You've got Lyndon and Andre, great to come back and and you're right. You could go through every you could go through every position, and and you could say the same thing. Uh, Is that why the spirit's I'm, so important? So that, that you can yeah. have like if someone takes your place, as much as you're not happy professionally, there isn't that resentment. Building up, it's not oh, you know the, the fact that there is such a togetherness in the squad can facilitate yeah. than having that competition. I think you have to have respect for people who are in the same situation as you and you're fighting for places. Um, me and Jordy chopped and changed a little bit before he got injured, and I think we are both very respectful of each other and and, and kind of spoke more about you know how the team could help us concede less goals, and you're kind of. We were chopping and changing, but we felt as though it kind of didn't matter who was in and out. It, it's what's going on is out of our hands right now. And um, Jordy's recovering from his, his calf injury at the minute, but he's been supportive of me. Um, and and we communicate about playing in that similar role. Um, so I think having that is not having bitterness and jealousy around. Although we're only human and it's natural, and we all want to be playing and we all can't be. So there there is going to be that. But I think having at least a respect. Uh, for people is good, you know, yeah. and that makes sense because and that comes across, doesn't it? Because you can see that the, the the camaraderie with the team is is is, is brilliant to see. I, I'm in, are you enjoying this season, Connor? I mean, we can say this because Jimmy can listen and we can just talk like fans, but um, it's not bad, is it? It's much better than uh, we even hope for. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean. So my, my first uh, QPR game, we went to. Uh, I think it must been about 2004. We lost to Crew Alexandra two one. Um, as you take the game I went to I think might have been the year after we lost to Alexander 2-1 again 
Um, you know, I've gone through my life. I've had some. I've had, we've had some good times. We've had Wembley. We've had, you know, getting promoted. Uh, and you know, having Tommy Smith and Akos Bazaki, Jamie Mackey, and all these players. Um, but you know, you, I've still got this. You know, you go to school, you go to work, and you know, I'll have a friend who's a Man U fan who's, who's never been to a game, and they'll say, you know what? You know, if you have you ever looked on YouTube for the most viewed, if you type in QPR, you get. Aguero and you get the worst 20 seconds of football ever and admittedly it's, it's <laughs> um, yeah the worst 20 seconds of football ever yeah that's well yeah, yeah. so it's titled I mean I think there's been some, some bad it does it, it was shocking who was that against Paul was that Man City in QPR or was it who was it it was that's it, yeah. was Man City yeah they won the yeah, league <laughs> quite famously <laughs> Yeah. No, no, there's, there's another clip. There's to the no, point no, no, where, no. what's his name, the, the commentator was giving away his notes no, no, the other no. day to Aguero. No, no, no. no, no, no. I'm just like, oh, not, not that moment again, please, no. Not, not that 20 seconds of thought it went. The other 20 seconds. Do you remember that game? I think it was at Rangers, where it, it said the worst misses ever in football. Oh, yes, yeah, that's a good one. That, oh, and that, I'm sure you. that was... Yeah, that, that might was be Man City as well, I think, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was like the old QPR, the old Man City, and they couldn't score from three yards. Of course, I remember Aguero. I happened to be there next to a Man City fan who wasn't very happy but quite along in the game but I, I couldn't get with Jack if they won the league or not I wanted to stay up Connor, what, what, Connor what were you think? what were you because uh, I kind of interrupted you there when I watched that but what what, what were you no no not at all I hope you enjoyed it you can see the improvements we've made yeah, um, yeah I had to no, look at it you get this you know to be able to look and uh, you know I can, I can say to my friends and my family you know that we're going to going to QPR and it's not oh did they lose again and if we're watching it on the telly and we can see this it's alright don't worry you know I feel pretty confident in this lot yeah. um, it's, it's, it's a very weird mindset to have it's not one that I feel like I've had before um, it's one of, of a lot of confidence uh, in, in the players and I think that unity um, it shows you know you can see that with and, and with the chopping and changing that needs to happen with the injuries and you know, the ridiculous schedule. You, nothing, nothing seems to affect this team. The mentality is fantastic. I don't know if that's something that comes from sort of Mark Warburton or comes from higher up, or if it's just, you know, I don't know what the, the team bonding. I mean, I've run into a couple of um, QPR players a few years ago in Nando's at Westfield. There was a couple of them. I was wondering where the rest were. I don't know if there's little clicks. No better bonding than Nando's. Sorry. There's no better bonding than Nando's. Well, exactly. That's what I thought. I don't know where we get that from? I don't. I... I honestly, it, it probably is credited to the staff, but I think sometimes it naturally happens, and you mm. kind of you kind of get lucky with it. And naturally, I think like like a lot of workplaces, like I didn't know what the lads were going to be like when I signed. You know, they could have not liked me, or I could have not liked them, or and then all of a sudden we've got a problem. But it's it's fallen into place. Um, well, you know, it's interesting though, um, Jimmy, because we had Ruben on the other week, and. He was talking about things at QPR and what sort of people they, and they, they seem to do a lot of research and people like yourself who they're bringing in to try and create a decent human being as well as a footballer. I think it's important. I I, I definitely would if I was a, a chief scout or whoever does that kind of work. Um, I would do more investigating into the person than than the player. Um, if I'm taking them into my club, 100%, I'd do that. Yeah, makes sense. And last time you were on, you were saying you were enjoying walking down the road to the ground with the fans. Are you still doing that? Are you, st- are you still enjoying West London? Yeah, love it. Yeah, love it. Um, I kind of like the little stroll to the stadium before the game because I get um, I get a bit of the atmosphere. Whereas if you, if you drive and you got your headphones in, 
if you get in your car and you pull up at the stadium and you got your headphones in and you're going straight into the change room, you haven't got a sense of the game. And I like coming down through Shepherd's Bush because I, I get a sense of, and I get a sense of, oh, it must be a big game today because there's more numbers out than usual or kind of it's a bit rowdy or, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I'm reminded of who you're playing for, what you're playing for, the badge, the, you know, the club. I think that must make a difference, definitely. Buzz beforehand, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I appreciate that. I think that's, um, yeah, there's nothing better than walking, you know. I mean, I love being up from, from Dagenham East London, so it's a little bit different. I think you see, you'd see more more kids in sort of full Man City strips than you would in sort of the odd QPR shirt. So walking through West London, uh, on a, particularly if it's not a match day, and seeing, you know, a QPR cap, a QPR jacket, and you think there's this pride, it's a real community club, and, and you can see what a win does for, for the, you know, the area, not just the football club. It's it's a it's a brilliant feeling. It's just brilliant, and to, to to be involved in that beforehand, I think yeah, definitely, it must give you a buzz going into the game, hundred percent. It's a real club. Yeah. yeah, it's a real club, and and we should definitely give the uh, community something to be proud of. Right answer, I think. <laughs> but, well, it is because I've always said this, Paul. I mean, I, I'm looking at Paul because he's near my age and you two youngsters. Um, gotta feel all saying that and patronizing, apologies. Um, but I've always said, Paul, that QPR is like a, a London club but with a northern mentality. It has proper fans. I mean, I know fans of Arsenal, Spurs, and everything else. And I'm not saying they're not a proper fan or I'm better than them, but it's, it's just different. We seem to just really believe in our side a lot more, and also what this, the club does away from football, we, we're really proud of as well at times. Absolutely, I think it's that thing. I mean, no one. No, you don't. I, I, there might be your person, but it doesn't. Keeper doesn't seem the sort of club that you find and see on telly and go, "Oh, I fancy a bit of that." It's sort of the club that you either got some connection because it's the area you're from, or you're from, or you know someone. I mean, I remember I used to live like five minutes around the corner from the ground, and for ages you never saw kids in Ranger shirts. And then suddenly, just this. I think it was when we got back into the championship or League One, where it was called at the time, and it was just that moment where you suddenly realised there was like the one kid in his class who was taking stick from all the Man United and Liverpool supporters, all live in West London because they're wearing that shirt to school or playing playing in the park now. And, it, and I think that there is that element about Rangers. Do you have to have that sort of little element of going, yeah, this is for me doesn't matter that, you know, where I went to school, everyone supported Liverpool and uh, Man United and that was in Hertfordshire. And you're going, well, hang on a sec. <laughs> Do you go to home games much then? <laughs> you know, where, where and you'd always find it, if you wore a QPR shirt, that you'd be the one that people go, oh, you should support someone else. It's like, well, hang on, they're not that far away. They're not, they're not up the moment. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I think you have to make that decision. And there's often a little connection, be it like geography, community, family, whatever it is that sort of, like pulls you in, and like like the KGB, another organisation with three letters. Once you're in, you can never leave. <laughs> well, do you know what? I I grew up as you know in that well-known QPR breeding ground of Belfast, and I can honestly say I was probably the only one in the class. So <laughs> I, I, I I I know that's like. But when it came to West London, if I'm being honest, I I could believe how Irish QPR was with its second generation and everything else, and everyone. Yeah. Massive Irish background at QPR was just, and then of course we got sponsored by Guinness and everything else. It was just, you know, it was just the most welcoming place for fans. That you know, I, I used to up down the country and people would like give you a lift and do this and do that. Just look out for each other. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, and I think that carries on with the players. We think we love to see youngsters come through. And people like yourself, Jimmy, who come down from Burnley, have said, actually, I'm going to give it a go at Rangers. Thanks for your offer, but I'm going to see what I can do down here. And you know, I think people appreciate that you. You're, you're going to try your career through QPR, you know, and I think 
the way you're going, you know, it won't be long before you're playing for the Republic, but you can play for the North if you wish. I'll stick in a good word with Barraclough. You, you'll win nothing, like, but what the hell. Thanks. Would you do that for me? Wow. Ah, you know what, Jimmy? If you, if you go with the Jimmy Jimmy undertone song, you'll be surprised. You, if, listen, if you get it going, I can say no. <laughs> I don't think, I think, I think, because they were doing the Richard Dun 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 one, weren't they? Is that the one you were talking about, Paul? That's yeah, so, Jim, yeah Rick, that's been taken over, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of so. I mean, Jimmy's not Richard, is he? I mean, you know, he deserves, I mean, Richard's from, is it Dublin Richard's from? Yeah. Uh, yeah so, hmm, not sure. For some reason, I think he's a dub. He's a dub, isn't he? I'm going to Google that. Not far from it, definitely. Yeah, because he's got that kind of dry Dublin sense of humour. I, I do say this as someone who's, who's reviewed, yeah. I'm very critical about music generally, but I, I do think we could really push the originality of the chants a bit as, as a club. That's why if I was to criticise Rangers fans for one thing, there's a lot of borrowed chants and a lot of, which is good, music adaptation, the covers, versions are all good, but I'd, I would love to see a few more original chants. That, that would be my, as a, my, the, the, the I mean, who, Right, we've got, we've got, Robert Smith from the Cures a QPR fan, right? You got Pete Doherty, a Libertines, QPR fan. You got Stephen Street, music producer, QPR fan. The drummer from White Lies is a QPR fan. So, you know, they're out there. Maybe we try and get these people together and, and, and kind of but you see the trouble is that most songs are thought of on the spur of the moment, aren't they? They're kind of like someone just it's something just clicks and then it, mm. you, you can't I, I suppose you can't go all in and them can't be on them, can you? No, and it has to it has to be that thing with the crowd, everyone like like for a while it was like when are we going to give Ilias Chair a chant and it's sort of finally out with the Joy Division adaptation Chair will tell you apart again which is you know that's that's yeah, good yeah. but it's taken a while I just, just wish we could be a bit more spontaneous with our with our uh, you know ripping off pop songs and turning them into player chants yeah, yeah. You mean... go on go on Richard that was a joke by the way go on Jimmy <laughs> no I wasn't going to say it no, I was just going to say it I just say I want some random chants like where's Kakai's chanting like you know what I mean like just randomness. Yeah, Stanley Dion could do with a song, couldn't they? That would take some serious, seriously good throw. He's got, Stanley's got something, doesn't he? Super Sen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? We need something. I mean, I remember we said like, yeah, Gary Bannister. I mean, yeah, I suppose. It, do you know what? You're right, Paul. Now I think about it, we've never really because the, the Bazaki song was a real Mooney song, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, you should Sonny's... use your, your uh, platform, Paul, and encourage people to send you voice notes of their individual chants for players, and then that, you can, you can play be... them out, and then people can pick them up. Because that's the thing, I've, I once went to a, a, a live You hit me that much. In Italy, and a, with a friend for his birthday, and I realised how the chants get spread, and they all meet up in European games, and they go, oh, I sit in this block, and they go, oh, I sit in that block, and they sing these songs to each other at one in the morning in an Italian piazza, and annoying the locals, and then they go back and do it in Anfield, and that's how they spread these chants. It's not actually it, there is a sort of mechanic behind it. It's how well, it's not as spontaneous as it seems. So maybe you could be our version of a European away day, and you could do a, a podcast special. Okay. On, Here are some chants. What do you think, guys and girls? So what do you think? Pick them up. So what you what you say is Frank and Benny's on Derby on Monday is a starting point of the revolution of Storms Queens by Rangers. Is that what you're saying? That's where you'll be, like Simon Cow judging them, right? Is that it? <laughs> Did you hear the uh, a couple of years ago that Joe Lumley isn't Joe Lumley to the uh, the sound of Stevie Wonders? Isn't she lovely? That's well, not quite working, but I like you trying to be a bit more original there. Um, if you could choose, then Jimmy, what what kind of song, what 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 tune are we looking for? You said about indie. Indie rock. What kind of uh, tune are we looking to mix your name I, into? I, I think about this stuff. Well, for me, 
Yeah, for you. Mm. We'll, we'll think of a song now. You can, yeah, you you want want to take you want something more original than the... Dun, 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 dun. You want something different? So, you, yeah, pick, yeah. you pick an act you like, and we'll challenge everyone to try and come up with a song around one of theirs. I might tweet a song to, to Paul, and then you can do... You can find, you can sort it out. You can, do you know what I mean? You know what? While I'm driving me flowers around London in my van and I'm going to hotels at three o'clock in the morning and clear out jobs and the mitzvahs and weddings and stuff. Funky flowers part up for anyone interested. Hey ho. Um, I'll, 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 I'll do that. And see, it's difficult because, yeah, I'm just thinking, because in these chains, because I'm, when I was in there, it was all like, you know, the lemon heads and, um, all that malarkey and pixies and things they get there. So I would tend to go back to them. But of course, it's modern indie, which is younger and better. See, I'm 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 sadly unfortunate. My daughter likes drill music, whatever the hell that is. But it sounds bloody awful, this and I just is. feel, okay. yeah, no, it's, it's disappointing, Jimmy. It's, it's it's not good. And rap, I hear all this nonsense coming out of a room, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I feel like I'm 110. So I'm, I, I, she used to love the pixies, but then she grew up. Yeah, she grew up. It was about, yeah, okay, you tweet it to me and we'll try and get a song going and then we'll pick random players at QPR who probably don't have a song, who should have a song as well. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, like what, even Luke Amos, it went, what's his song when he came on and he scored? His song should have been, should have gone boof, straight on. The, well, the, the can, meet, yeah. can you even do that thing? This could be a bit far-fetched. Go ahead. When Roma... When Roma score, they go, so Tommy Abraham scored for Roma the other day, and the, the guy goes, Tommy, 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 and the crowd are like, and it's going on for ages, go, 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 and the crowd are shouting, Tommy Abraham back to the guy on the mic, like, can we do all that shit or not? Yeah, Paul Morrissey might not thank us for it, but I think it's a great idea. They'll get, get a wee bit more European create, down the bush. That would create atmosphere. That would create atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. It's engaging the crowd with the microphone, you know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. Jimmy will be on this podcast in years' time going, who came up with the person who does all that chatting every time it's got so distracting? Why? <laughs> who was that? <laughs> you, listen, Paul, you're always going to upset somebody. I mean, yeah. you know, and that's a good thing. But I think you're on the sort of... And it's funny, you watch these... The, the, the foreign... I shouldn't say foreign game, of course, they're in their own country, but you watch like the European football. And you're right, Germany, Italy, all these places, Spain, they really go for it and they can last for ages. And I... And I think Paul Morrissey doesn't earn his money, if I'm being brutally honest with you, as he could do if he had to do this. I think Mozza could actually... I think you're honest with me. I think we should bombard him on Twitter. Yeah, I am going to say to him. Like the Brazilian guys. That's it. Like, or um, Boca Juniors, something like that there, where you really go on for about 20 minutes before the game, during the game, and after the game, where he goes through every player. Yeah, or even last one, banners. There's not enough banners get, like... Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Uh, Dortmund, like all of a sudden, the f- faces of the players are in the crowd and all. How do we get yeah. that? Where that stuff going? Hey, they cost money, though. You know, steady on stuff. That's what it is. Yeah, to, yeah, I just think all that stuff that would that would set us apart. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could do like a terrible tears apart batter as well, couldn't you? With like Ian Curtis looking moody. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, look. I, I think we're on to something here. Right, I'm going to keep you on, Jimmy, because I'm enjoying it. And we're going to just do our R's end and predictions because that's how we're supposed to do these podcasts. Although, that, since they let me host, it's done to absolute shite. But hey ho and all that. Um, and we talk too much about dyslexia, gluten free in Northern Ireland, way too much. So, um, Paul, what's your R's end? What would you like, what message would you like to give to QPR fans or 
What have you noticed in the world in general that's getting up your bugle? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think it was good. Just enjoy it. I think it's. I think one thing I really loved about the Huddersfield game was it. It was just the atmosphere was like it was very open. It was almost like they had to go weird ago. It wasn't a lot of cutting edge until later in the game, and it just the atmosphere was great. It was the first time, not first time, sorry, but this season. It just generally get this feeling, and you know, what there wasn't the yeah, there was the nerves from the fans and the, what's going to happen, but it wasn't that sort of angst that perhaps sometimes spills over and can be there. And I just think just just look, keep it up. Let's keep up enjoying this season. It's been even Fulham away. I think in the in the in, in the way in when when it wasn't going great, it wasn't it, it was it wasn't Aggie. It was. You know, okay, this 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 is a good team we're watching and enjoy it. And uh, let's hope the African Nations Cup uh, returns Ilias chair in one piece to us as well. That's yeah. the other thing I've always hoped. Anthony, Anthony, and, and everyone, Kaka, and everybody else. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, big Connor, what are you thinking? Uh, well, I mean, uh, so part of the QPR family uh, recently, uh, Ian and Louis. Um, a couple of QPR fans were on the train with us on the way back from Peterborough. Uh, Ian's mum, uh, Barbara, passed away recently. Um, so just just my thoughts with Ian, Louis and the family, uh, as, as I'm sure all the QPR fans. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah just keep keep the uh, the momentum going with the season. Um, yeah, I mean, before I do the prediction, to be fair, Jimmy, I just want to know what you're, what you're thinking about the derby game. I mean, am I, am I right to feel optimistic? How are you, how are you feeling? How's the team feeling? Yeah, I feel optimistic. Um, I feel like we'd be naive to believe that it's going to be an easy game just because of the situation they're in. If anything, they're playing with more of a freedom than they were before. So they're dangerous. Um, so we need to nullify their attack and then go and score goals against them like we always do against teams. So, um, no, nah, we'll beat them, but we, 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 uh, we have to expect it to be tough. Like every game, I think. Like every game. And, and, uh, sorry, Jimmy, I keep doing that. Sorry, mate, because my flipping right. headphones are shite. Carry on. No, 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 you're good, you're good. I was done. And have you got a, an hour's end of anything that's annoying you or getting on your nerves, Jimmy? Apart from me going on about bloody songs. No, no. <laughs> no apart, oh, apart from you. Um, the, no. No, 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 no. The, the support's been brilliant. Um, the, more away, the more away sport we can get, great. You know? The more we support, we can get great. Um, but I mean, I, I I can't ask for more support. The support's been brilliant. Um, I definitely want the fans to keep enjoying it, um, and and not to get disappointed if if we take a dip because we'll come again and things will. It's not going to be straightforward from here to the end of the season. It is going to be difficult. So expect that, but continue to support us, please, um, and enjoy. Hopefully, we can keep entertaining. Well, my hour's end is very brief. I think we need Paul Morrissey to make more announcements during games about players' names and earn his trust a bit more. Yeah, he needs my to hour's end. Great to take risks, but maybe he needs a nudge. I reckon he's right. Now, predictions, I'm going for 3-1 against Derby because I'll tell you for why. We can. Simple as. And there's no one to fear. And I think up front, we can be brutal. And I watched them the other night. The defence is still a bit shaky, although they did all right. And I'm, I fancy us for the win. Oh. I hate making predictions because I feel like I'm a jinx in predictions. I don't but... want to do that either. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're a QPR <laughs> fan, Paul. We're all a fucking jinx. Carry on. I, I know, and everything I do, all the silly little, you know, going to the same turnstile stuff to try and avoid it. It's terrible what was done to my to, to me. But, um, 
I'm going to say just because it's it just just because we seem to be on that sort of run at the moment of you know we're playing well, we're maybe not quite the super spectacular foot we were playing earlier, and I think that will come back later in the season. So I'm going to say one nil to Kupio. Okay, so just one goal in the whole game. Yeah, I think it be, might be quite a similar game to to Huddersfield. I think I think that okay. was a, a, a good game. I'll take that, Connor. I'm going to go two one Rangers. Uh, Jimmy Dunn winner with any luck um, yeah uh, I think it's going to be you no know, I can't I've, again jinx coming into it I don't I don't want to jinx it but I can't see this run of uh, you know scoring every game coming to an end because it's such a fluid team um, but Derby I think are causing many teams problems um, so I think if there is to be uh, a kink in the chains at all during the game not to worry um, I'm pretty sure we've got it and uh, yeah 2-1 2-1 to, to the Yards now, instead of asking you a prediction, Jimmy, because that could be awkward, because if Dobby fans listen to this and it goes wrong, they'll have you all over social yeah. media. So my question to you is, is your mother still coming over for games? She hasn't. The last game she was at was the Everton game. All right, OK. Fair news. Um, and what does she think of your new surroundings? Yeah, she loves it. She loves West London as a place. Uh, she loves the club. She says, says it feels real genuine. That's how she describes it. Um, so she's going to come again for the Stoke game, I think. All right, okay. That'll be brilliant. And um, obviously, that'll be, that'll, geez, they've got some big lumps up front, haven't they? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, they, they'll be tough as well, won't they? Ah, they're all tough, but you know what? The harder they are, the harder they fall. You know That's what I mean, it. Jimmy? And yeah. we'll be there. Now, my prediction in this season as a whole... Connor and Paul and yourself, Jimmy, is I want semi-final of the FA Cup. Yourself in an Ireland shirt before the end of the season, full cap, and um, absolutely annihilate Fulham at home. We owe them that big time. And um, to knock someone decent out of the FA Cup and automatic promotion would be lovely. Wow, okay, yeah. I like that. Wow. Uh, why not? Third a dream. Exactly, because... That's what football's about, isn't it? It's about those dreams. It's about when you were young, dreaming of playing these big grounds. Now you're doing it. And our dream is that your our dreams are actually in your feet, for want of a better word. So I'm enjoying this season and I'm loving it. And I'll tell you what, you guys are giving us such hope in the terraces, the seats, whatever they call them these days. And I'm just, I'm, I just like watching the QPR side that win, lose, or draw, you give a shit. And that's all I ask. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. That's fair enough. Well, that is the end of our wee podcast um, for another week. We'll be back next week after Derby match, and then we can then get Jimmy's prediction via Twitter after the game, where it can feel safe to say 4 0. Yeah. Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us. Paul, as ever, you're brilliant. Connor, great debut there, big man. We'll get you on again soon. And thank um, you very much. Yeah. enjoyed that. So, thank you, everyone who keeps listening to the podcast. We do appreciate your support. We, like Jimmy says in the team, we all need support. And hopefully on Monday we can um, go up to Pride Park and absolutely stuff them and make them even more miserable than they already are because they're not having a great time. But we don't care. We need the points. So thanks for listening. And uh, this has been Open All Ours.